Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? Are you well? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You're well rested. I am. I just woke up from a long nap. We were supposed to record about four hours ago, and then I fell asleep for four hours. <laughs> so. A little bit of a nap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. I have surgery this week. Yeah. So. Hopefully I'll be better after that. Hopefully. Hopefully it works out. Yep. So what else is new? Oh, um, nothing. <laughs> nothing new? No. Oh, I have a, I have a correction. Corrections. I did the last episode of the one before, but I said everything went all pie-shaped, and that's not like an idiom. That's not a thing. Yeah, no, I said, is that a thing? It's not a thing. I looked at this, but it was close. It's a P word, but it's not pie. It's all pear shaped. It's like a British idiom for just means when everything everything goes wrong. Oh, it's a British idiom. I guess. From what I You're not British. I am not. So don't say that shit. Like <laughs> I'm my Merlin kind Kyle. of British. I mean it's my, my heritage. No, and you're so not British. I'm, ever since I'm like Irish ever British. since like people put tea in the harbor. Just just American not. mutt. Is that what yeah. you're saying? But yeah, it's all pear-shaped. Okay, well... Which makes a little more sense. No, it's... Well, I guess it does. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Because it just goes... Bloop, yeah, and, like, but nobody corrected down. me on that. That was disappointing. It's because nobody knows that fucking idiom. Everybody. I swear to God, everybody was like, what the fuck is pie-shaped? Yeah, everybody... shaped I said that on the podcast. You didn't I was say like, pear-shaped, though. You didn't know what the correct thing not, was. That's not a saying either. <laughs> it is pear shaped. Yeah, everything went all pear shaped. Yeah, maybe that's a saying in England, but I'm not in England. Or I do. I read a lot of Garth Ennis comics, and he's he's Irish, so he I probably read it in a comic book. Most likely, he uses a lot of British and Irish characters in his books. So that, that's that's possible. Or are you just staring at me? Because don't be all like, I'm well read. I am not. I just said I read it in a comic book. So I, I called Sean. I'm well I, read. I called Sean articulate once, Oof. and I still he still brings it up on the daily. Yesterday we argued about it for like 20 minutes. That is a backhanded compliment. That's what that is. No matter who you say it to, calling someone articulate is basically like saying, "I can't believe you can speak words clearly." Is basically what you're saying. Well done. I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, that is a backhanded compliment at best. Call me articulate. Well, you are articulate. <laughs> I swear to God. I am not articulate. You are articulate. You're no, articulating right now. You're articulating all over the place. You have a fucking podcast. You articulate. It, not that is well. Not, yes, very well. No. Have you very, ever very listened well. to my segment? Have not you listened well. to me? Yes. You go all pie-shaped. <laughs> like, I, I talk through my nose, it sounds like. like I am, no. I go all pie-shaped. <laughs> it's all pie-shaped from here on out. Well, hey, I got a news story. Articulate the shit out of that news story, Sean. Fuck you. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, The Punisher is in the news. You guys might be familiar with The Punisher. One of my favorite characters growing Who's that? up, especially. Frank Castle, the guy that you model your entire look after. <laughs> I do not model my look after Frank Castle. That's not what everyone in the world. Seems I did to have think. three different people tell me that when yeah. when I when I went from hair. just buzzing my hair to only buzz, you know, just having it slightly longer on the top, to all of a sudden he has a hairstyle. 
is what had happened. Yeah. He went from buzzing his hair to having a hairstyle. I let it grow out like an inch on the top and then shave the rest. And then different people have told me I look like the John Bernthal Punisher, which is fine, I guess. Except uh, that your nose doesn't look anything like that guy's nose. Yeah, I don't feel like I, and he has like beadier eyes than I. He doesn't have big eyes. Yeah, but you wear glasses so people can't. He doesn't even talk. wear glasses. Yeah. That, I don't. So, yeah, I just. I, I have the most basic hairstyle in the world like and all caught, of a sudden three people think dude, I'm trying to copy the Punisher. You caught one dude just staring at him. From the net, yeah, multiple times. <laughs> that was weird. Until he finally told me, you look like, well, he didn't tell me, I, actually, he didn't tell me I look like the Punisher. He told me I look like the guy in this movie called Fury, which is, is had Brad Pitt in it. It was about World War II uh, tank crew. And then he shows me the picture and it's John Bernthal from the Punisher, <laughs> from the Netflix Punisher. He's like, you look like this guy. And then two other people told me I look like the Punisher from the Netflix series. And uh, yeah. And the other one was just like, yeah, you, I don't know who I looked him up and it's, uh, you look like this guy. And I'm like, that's fucking John Bernthal from the Punisher. <laughs> also Shane from uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, he had funny. a different hairstyle on there. I think he had like curly hair or something. He was like, a curly headed fuck on that meanwhile, show. I'm like. Have you ever seen this motherfucker's nose? Is he like a fighter or something? I think he's maybe he used to be a boxer or something. Like, I don't know. He has a boxer nose. Like he has a, someone punched him in the nose a lot of times. Nose. I, don't, I might be making that up. I thought maybe I read that somewhere, but uh, or not read that, but uh, I saw I've, it I've in seen his on, nose. No, I, I've seen him on like Jimmy Kimmel or Conan or something like that once. I don't, I might. I like it when we say like we've seen him on things because what we mean by that is we've seen him on on YouTube, right? On that. We don't watch the shows, we but we'll see clips TV. sometimes. Like something will pop up and we watch be like, oh, yeah, what's this? It'll have a catchy enough title that I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch this. You want to know what's funny? Before you tell your story, is we were oh, I guess I do have news. So we went to University of Cincinnati this weekend or this week. You, you and Logan did. Logan and I did. And and uh, that was because that's my life. I have a kid who's looking at colleges. Yep. So fuck me. Um, <laughs> and on the, hey, on the way down. better than a newborn. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> or potty training. <laughs> or like having to go to school trips and like help out on field trips to the zoo. <laughs> yeah, but, fuck. But oh, that's also, so terrible. It's also kind of sad, though. Like, no, it is sad, tier. but like, but like, at least I'm not going to be like 60 when my kid graduates. So, I mean, there could be worse <laughs> things. But anyway, um, so anyway, we, we go to UC and on the way down, Logan slept the whole way because the kid is like, you put him in a car and he is like a newborn in that you put him in a car and he immediately <laughs> falls asleep. So stop putting it on the lullaby channel. That so, would help. So, well, I gave him my Spotify and I was like, here, just put on whatever you want. This is on the way down. Yeah. I'm like, put on whatever you want. And he, he puts on Jay Roddy Walson in the business for me because he knows I like it. And yeah. then after I listened to an entire album, I was like, if I have to hear any more Jay Roddy Walson, I'm going to punch someone <laughs> in the face. That's how you are. You don't like hearing an artist for more than two songs. Tops, it was a whole usually. album. I know, but I, I feel like, like you. I was like, that's enough of that. And then. um, You're more about the playlist than the album. And then he put on, he put on a. Uh, and he put on, oh, who was it? A, a Blink-182 album, which I'm fine with. Like, he, he could have put on their whole catalog and I would have been fine. But then he fell asleep again. And I was <clears> like, all right, I need to listen to a podcast because this is a three and a half hour drive. And I'm going to I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I'm alone. I'm gonna die. And I'm like, it's this is terrible. So I put on a podcast and it was Tim Ferriss interviewing Seth Godin. 
And that's a two-hour podcast. So I was like, okay, like a two-hour episode. So I put that on. And Seth Godin said he never, like one of his secrets to life is never watch TV live. He said after Seinfeld went off the air, there is no reason to watch TV live. Okay. And, and Logan was away for that. He's like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And I'm like, when we were walking around later. But why, what is, how does that benefit your life, though? I don't, what's because that, there's a commercials and then you could plan your life however you want and then just fit TV oh, okay, in later. Gotcha. Don't like, plan your life around TV is what you're yeah. saying. Oh, OK. It's like, don't watch TV live. It's yeah. not it's not worth it. Like, there's nothing going on on TV that's worth planning your life around. Well, that's ever since. Well, I mean, honestly, since before streaming services, but, I, but I, I've never been like a huge TV guy. That's, well, that's what Seth Clinton said. He said that he doesn't even watch TV. And he said, but. With, with streaming services, oh, it, it, there's just no reason to. But he said, uh, like, once Seinfeld went off the air, there's no reason but to we, watch we TV We watched, live. like, Game of Thrones, though. We did. That was, that was one there's, thing we watched There's definitely exceptions. Time. There's certain things you kind of have though. to. That, that's it. Otherwise, you're going to get spoiled on stuff. But, yeah. That well, was like, it. everything else I've watched, though, like, uh, we're watching. Well, I mean, you couldn't watch this live, but that, that flea bag on Amazon Prime. Yeah. That's great. I like that's, that show. That show's good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch some stuff when I'm recovering. Like I, have, clients have recommended some things to me. No, so I have like to what? watch that Mrs. Maisel show. Oh yeah, they recommended. You should also watch I've the Netflix two, Punisher. I've had two people recommend Ma Mrs. Maisel, so now I have two clients. Yeah, so now I have to because they're like Joe Rogan me. recommends that show too. And he said like, it's a good book. Your... It uh, uh, like stand up comedy and stuff. They're like, tell me your favorite lines. I'll talk to you during your recovery or after your recovery. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. So, so I, I'm going to watch it. I'm actually kind of excited to watch it, to be honest. Yeah. Because I've heard it was funny. At least the first like season was funny. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the rest, but. I'm well, I'm, I like okay. that Fleabag show so far. That though. Fleabag show is funny. Like it's uh, Phoebe Waller Kate stars in it, wrote it. From what I understand, she was the voice of the robot in Solo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like her, though. Yeah, She's... it's funny, but it's like also like real life in that like it's a little it's about, you know, depression a little and like but it's like the real life kind of depression where you're like just trying to. You're just like, oh, well, everything's awful. Moving on. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like you just kind of keep going. I really like that show. Um, all right. So my new story comes from the New York Daily News. This story ran on July 12th, 2019. The headline is St. Louis Police Union asks officers to post Punisher logo in solidarity with cops under investigation. What? Yeah. So this is the like you may have seen this. So no, I've seen the, at, so I've seen the Punisher logo. For okay, so they before. they tend to use the one from the 2004 Thomas Jane movie is the Punisher logo they use, and then they have variations yeah. on it. The one I'm showing Maggie right now is it's the Punisher skull from the 2004 movie, but it has an American flag imprint over it with one of the stripes is it's all black and white except one of the stripes is blue. Yeah, for the, the for the police line. thing. All these things are bootleg as fuck, by the way. You see them on a lot of tactical gear. Like, none of this stuff is licensed. You know, Marvel isn't licensing their stuff for this. Yeah. It's it's all bootleg. So, uh, as the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department conducts an internal review of cops who published a range of concerning images and statements on social media, 
A police union asked its members Wednesday to post a Punisher symbol in solidarity with officers under investigation. All right. So here's my problem with that. <laughs> the Punisher, like I love the Punisher, right? I love the, the character, the comics. Uh, they haven't done a great job with the movies or even I like the Netflix show, but it's still not great. Here's the problem. The Punisher is a serial killer who works outside the law. Right. That's his whole deal. Yeah. So I feel like you're sending the wrong message to me as a Punisher fan should not and should, should not be equating the police with right. the Punisher. The Punisher does one thing. He kills people who who he feels have escaped justice. Yeah. That is not what police are supposed to be doing. Right. That's a bad sign. That is a bad, bad thing. I, I, I don't like that. Um, And then even. Even the creator of The Punisher, Jerry Conway, he said that the, the character represents the failure of the criminal justice system. He says, uh, whether you think The Punisher is justified or not, whether you admire his code of ethics, he is an outlaw. Police should not be embracing a criminal as their symbol. Seems pretty straightforward, right? One would think. And then so and this ties into the most recent issue of The Punisher, uh, which is being written by Matthew Rosenberg. It's. It's it's a pretty decent arc so far. I his uh, Punisher takes place inside the Marvel universe proper, which I don't really like. I don't really like seeing the Punisher interact with Spider-Man and, and Daredevil and, and superheroes. It's just a big clash for me. It, do, it just doesn't make sense. That's so dumb. It is. It's That's weird. So dumb. And the Punisher is is even though the 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 superheroes treat him, you know, somewhat like a criminal they never take him down like a criminal though it's kind of weird they still work with him and i think there's like a little bit of jealousy there because he just does what he wants to do or whatever i don't know what it is but anyway so wait what what do you mean what are you so, confused by i just don't understand he's he's a straight-up criminal right so if if he's a straight-up criminal why isn't Spider-Man, like just putting him up in a web ex that's like what my point is that but he doesn't get treated like that for the most part like he does, they don't sometimes. Well, I mean, they have taken him down, but they don't do it in the same way that they take down Dr. Octopus. That's what I mean. Like, why? Why are they doing like what they did with uh, Fisk in, uh in the Spider-Verse? Right. That's what, what, I mean. what I mean. It's like, weird. He gets a weird. That's why I don't like to see him in that universe, because superheroes act differently around him. And it. it it's weird. <laughs> and also, I don't like seeing him in that universe because he's just an everyman. And, you know, it's, right. it's just weird. It's just, a, it's just clashes. Yeah, he doesn't even wear a costume. You know, he wears a shirt with a skull on it, basically. That, you know, he doesn't obscure his face. He doesn't wear so spandex. Did he, he started off in a, in a costume, so to speak, but it's, he's evolved over time to not he, look like that. Did he, uh, did he, like, paint that shirt, that skull with, like, spray paint or something or did he like yeah. well there's different versions of it throughout the comics like i said initially like, he started off it was a costume did you just send stitched it off? in there did he send it off somewhere no he probably just has them printed at this point you know how right. easy it I is mean, at, this, at this point it's really easy to have any <laughs> but yeah a lot of times shirt. like in the movies and in the netflix series he just spray paints that on there like that's it spray paints it on a vest or a shirt or whatever all right so this article is actually from uh, comicbook.com and this ran on July 3rd, so this predates the other article, but it's just kind of interesting. So the current writer, Matthew Rosenberg, has taken a look at the fact that uh, 
police are doing that, you know, that you'll see the Punisher symbol. Yeah. With police. So uh, he wrote a whole entire scene uh, where he he goes in and uh, I think he kills somebody. Yeah. Yeah. He goes and kills a Hydra agent. And then the cops show up and they're like, oh, you're the Punisher. And he's like, hey, oh, man, the, guy, the guys shit. in the group aren't going to... And they got their guns on him or whatever. And they're like, yeah, the guys in the group aren't going to believe this. And the Punisher's like, what group? And the guy's like, oh, we have this club. Kind of like a movement. And then he shows them on, on the bumper of their car, there's a Punisher skull. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah, which the Punisher takes a look at, says, what the hell is this? And he's like, it's not the whole force. Most of them want you in the ground, but some of us believe in what you do. So the Punisher peels... Like, the most unbelievable part of this is the fact that he peels off this sticker... Just in one fell swoop with gloves on. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> but then he shreds it up and, he, and he's t- he tells him, he says, I'll say this once. We're not the same. You took an oath to uphold the law. You help people. I gave all that up a long time ago. You don't do what I do. Nobody does. You boys need a role model. His name is Captain America. And he'd be happy to have you. And which makes more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the do-gooder. That's. Not the that's, serial killer vigilante. <laughs> like that's, that's who your fucking role model is. Right. Cops. Yeah. And again, there's more Jerry Conway, uh, create, co-creator of Punisher. He says, to me, it's disturbing whenever I see authority figures embracing Punisher iconography because the Punisher represents failure of the justice system, all that stuff uh, that I was saying earlier. Uh, he goes on to say, the vigilante anti-hero is fundamentally a critique of the justice system, an example of social failure. So when cops put Punisher skulls on their cars or members of the military wear Punisher skull patches, they're basically siding with an enemy of the system. They are embracing an outlaw mentality. And, uh... That's a real problem. Yeah. He said, he goes on to say, in a way, it's as, as offensive as putting a Confederate flag on a government building. Um, he's well, like, in he, a way, I guess. Yeah, he's not... He's not, like... He's not a, a hero. I, I like reading about the guy, but he's not... He's not Captain America. You know? Yeah. Like, he's that's, not... That's not, his, you know, he, it's it's a different, he literally is, if you look at what he does, he's a serial killer. He's a psychopath, sociopath, whatever, mass murderer. There's tons of different ways you can put it. Now, he might only have a limited, you know, go after certain people, but, it's, you know, he's, he's an active shooter, mass murderer, basically, is what the Punisher is in modern, modern day parlance. Uh, so, yeah, don't, you shouldn't, it's disturbing. It's always been disturbing to me that people i don't know it's weird because i have punisher shirts right i have a punisher the punisher is the only tattoo i have from the marvel universe I yeah lo- but i also but it's, think it's that become subverted now i also feel like that's more you like you would gladly kill everybody well yeah but i'm that's what i mean though i'm not a cop but yeah i, I hate you're a, you're most very, people oh it's fitting that you have a punisher tattoo and now you're trying to look like the punisher oh my god <laughs> i'm not trying to look like the punisher oh. i'm a white dude with dark short hair he doesn't have a big bushy beard. Yeah, you white people all look alike, though. Right. But, so. but yeah, I, I don't. I don't look like the Punisher. <laughs> really, other than really that, do. I also look like Peter Parker. Then, I also look like David Letterman. He's got a beard, at least. You would if your shit was all gray. Yeah. You I'm, would. I'm a very plain-looking white person. You really are. I don't have a lot of unique features. Especially since you cover up almost all your face with hair. Well, it's due to my one unique feature, which is my <laughs> lack of a chin. So I, I keep hair over it, so I look like I have a chin. <laughs> it's all subterfuge. Yeah. You're like, nailed it. 
I was always jealous of Bruce Campbell's chin. He's got that great hero chin. You know whose chin you should be jealous of? Nancy from Stranger Things. <laughs> she's got a great chin too. And she's got a great jawline. jawline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, got a, she's got a solid jawline. Stranger Things season three, good shit, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. I like it better than seasons one and two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember two. You yeah. say I watched it. We did. We watched two. I remember. I, I remember freaking uh, Frodo or whatever the fuck Samwise <laughs> being in it. But <laughs> Frodo. <laughs> that is Sean Astin. Yeah. I remember him being in it. And that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to go first? Oh, yeah, I, I guess. I might, my topic shouldn't be too long. My topic is long as fuck. Right. So, so I can sleep go through first. it if I go first. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, go ahead. You can just go to sleep. That's fine. I'll, then I'll wrap up the podcast for us. <laughs> All right. Let me find my notes here. I've com- completely forgotten how to function on my iPad. Jesus Christ. Where's my Google folder? There it is. How to, how to Google. You should Google it. I got a Google folder with all my Google apps. Oh, you so All right, so, so this week I am going to talk about someone I've already talked about. Oh, that's new. But more in depth. So I, I remember vaguely, because I don't really remember a lot of the stuff I've talked about before. Is it Spider-Man? It isn't Spider-Man, oh, okay, unfortunately. Uh, oh, but hell, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is going on this week. It'll be all week, and there's going to be announcements. So there's no Marvel movies coming out next year. You have sidetracked me now. This has nothing to do with my topic. There's no Marvel movies coming out next year, which is like... (gasps) That's weird. Yeah, but Disney Plus is launching later this year, so I'm hoping they have... They spread out their Marvel shows in the meantime. So anyway, at Comic-Con, we're expecting... This is what we're expecting. This is not necessarily what we're going to get, but we're expecting to find out what movies are in the, the pipeline, so to speak. So we have... We have some ideas, none of them officially confirmed, but Guardians of the Galaxy 3, because James Gunn is coming back for that, so we know that's coming. Uh, we know I think it's so funny that he's coming back now. Like, they made that big deal over nothing. That Disney's like, just kidding. Well, they should have We're backpedaled so on that, stupid. though. That was incredibly stupid on their part to fire him over nothing. Uh, the, the Twitter mobs are ridiculous. People have got to stop apologizing to, to Twitter is basically what yes, they do. Kind of, like the real world stop. is not Twitter. Stop apologizing because people tweet things. If you don't look at Twitter, you don't even know about it. That's <laughs> you know? me. That's how I like to live my life. So anyway, uh, we know there's a Black Widow movie coming because David Harbour's in it and he's talked about being cast in it. Uh, we know that there's an, an Eternals movie coming, which I don't know. Anything. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I've literally seen the title, The Eternals, on a comic book at a comic book shop and passed right over that shit because it looked like cosmic. The The further Marvel gets from their their more Earth-based heroes, the less interested I am. That's just how I've always been with Marvel. I, I care about the ground-based stuff. When the cosmic universe, I have never given a shit about. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies are fine. They will never be my favorites. They will never have my favorite characters. They're enjoyable. But I, I really hope this phase four is not entirely focused on cosmic, cosmic conflicts. You know, I want I, I like the ground based stuff, which is why I'm, I'm putting a lot of my hopes on the X-Men franchise is kind of bringing it back to Earth and keeping yeah. it. I mean, our kids are like named after X-Men, but I actually don't like the X-Men universe all that much. Uh, well, that's because you only know 
the Brian Singer universe. You don't know the proper X-Men universe. The, the way the MCU would do it is is going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much better than what you're familiar with. Um, I hope so. Oh, it will be. I, yeah, they yeah they didn't they did he did an okay job with the X Men, but the, they didn't even have the fucking costumes, man. They didn't have the balls to put them in costume. Like it's fucking stupid. Everything was always so super serious all the time, and MCU is not like that. Uh, anyway, what else? Uh, so we have the Eternals. Um, we know there's going to be a Black Panther two. We assume there's going to be a new Spider Man. We don't know the the details of that. But they, they at the end of Spider-Man: Far From Home, in it. So hopefully, no more movies with the word "home" in it. That's confusing enough. <laughs> Spider-Man: Homebound. Fuck. This movie <laughs> like, is like Spider-Man: Homeless. <laughs> I would watch that though. That sounds, <laughs> that's a good concept. Um, uh, so yeah, there's going to be an announcement this week because they've announced like a schedule. Of movies, so we have these dates, but we don't have any names to go with the dates. Oh, and there's probably going to be a Doctor Strange too. So a lot of the stuff they're going to be doing, I Why? don't really give a shit about. Right? Who's watching Doctor Strange? I know, too? right? It's yeah, I don't know. But there's fans of this stuff. You know, Doctor Strange has been around. I mean, he's never been hugely successful in the comics or whatever. But Captain Marvel oh, too is another one that's a given. Uh, so that's what we kind of know. So I'm hoping for some surprises. Oh, the other one is Shang Chi, another character that I've never heard of until. They announced that he's probably going to get a movie. Um, oh, great. He sounds great. Well, actually, I, he's a martial arts character, so I'm 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 down with that. Because, again, ground level heroes, even though I'm not familiar with them. You prefer them? Yeah. So and plus, you know how I feel about martial arts movies and a Marvel martial arts movie would be fantastic. Some of my favorite fight scenes are the Captain America fight scenes, just ground based uh, MMA style fights and stuff. America's really cool stuff. ass. Um, I don't know where I was when going with that. When do we get to start talking about... What, my topic? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, when do we get to start talking about, like, Infinity War? What do you mean? Like, I just made an Infinity War reference. By saying America's ass. Oh, that was an Endgame reference. Oh, that's what I meant. Oh, you mean... Dude, the, the spoiler ban has been lifted. It was lifted, like, two weeks after the movie came out. Yeah, I know that, but, like... Wait, That's not like real. freely on the podcast without yeah having to say split. I I would say after officially it's on after it's on video for about two weeks. Okay. That's the I'd I'd give it that much time to where we don't have to sit there and say spoiler alert every time. Because at that point, if you haven't rented it, it's that's on, on you. you. <laughs> like and I mean after it's on proper home video, physical media, because there's there's always the two week Right, like after it's on like Redbox or whatever. Right. Once it's hits physical media two weeks after that, because it'll it'll be streaming probably two weeks before the physical release. Yeah. Uh so anyway, uh yeah, San Diego Comic Con this week, lots of announcements. Um oh, this is where I was going with this. Uh, because we were we were talking about the Punisher earlier. So there's a a little bit of news a few weeks ago about how Marvel has been in, in talks with Keanu Reeves for many different roles in the Marvel universe. And he's turned them all down. And I was like, oh, they should get him to do Moon Knight, which is kind of like a Batman kind of character, except even crazier. You know what it reminds me of? What? Meta Knight. 
Melt Meta Knight from That's what Smash every Brothers. time you say that, I picture Keanu Reeves' face in Meta Knight, in a me- full Meta Knight. All right, you're going to have to make that now. You have to take Meta Knight. <laughs> and and then do like, do like that thing with, with uh, Jermaine Clement when he can't quite turn into a cat, <laughs> but do it like just put Keanu Reeves' face on Meta Knight so it looks like he got Meta Knight 100% correct except the face. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> like what I keep picturing. That's, that's you. Uh, no, Moon, Moon Knight. Knight. Moon Knight. He, just, he, he wears all white. He wears a cape. He's. Oh. Oh, that's not. Ooh. Yeah, he wears all white because he, he's like, you know, Batman's fucking crazy, but nobody acknowledges it. Yeah. Moon Knight's crazy and everybody knows it, including like he wears white because he wants criminals to see him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, and yeah, he, he, he's fucking nuts. But the mm-hmm. other idea I had is let him be the Punisher. It'd be OK. So this, here's here's my thinking on this. Black Widow and the Punisher work together a lot in the comics because they again, ground level, no hey, superpowers. Hey, I don't. Oh, never mind. Anyway, there's a Black Widow movie coming out, and uh, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> anyway, I didn't. anyway, so there's a Black Widow movie coming out, and I think it would be a great way to inter- if Keanu Reeves was the Punisher because he kind of already plays the Punisher in John Wick. Yeah, everybody loves John Wick, so it would be an easy transition. And plus, he does he does stoic really well. You know, kind of emotionless. He's been through a lot. <laughs> like he's right. His and, fucking life. Yeah. So he does that real. But I think. If Although they're not going to do Moon Knight. If you've seen replicas, it's like. <laughs> actors going to act. They're going to take whatever roles. Um, but yeah, boo, he. Uh, that movie. Boo. If they're not going to do a Moon Knight movie, then they should introduce the Punisher into like Black Widow's uh, movie. And because, again, in the comics, they work together a lot because they're both soldiers, operatives. They both kill. They use guns. They're very similar. So they're all they work together a lot in the comics. So it would be kind of cool. Well, and if, I, I if thought, he was introduced as the Punisher in a Black Widow movie, people would go fucking nuts. You know, I just figured that we would see what happened in where is it like Belfast or wherever the fuck they're always talking about. Oh, what does he say? You and I remember Budapest. It's Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. Very differently. Yeah. Find out what happened in Budapest finally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, I'm sure Hawk, Hawkeye will be in it. That won't be surprising, but it would be really cool if, if Frank Castle showed up and if he was played by Keanu Reeves, like people would be really on board with that shit. And that Punisher movie would be a goddamn hit. And it would pro- most likely be well-written for once. Maybe. And Keanu Reeves could fucking do his bow-legged walk all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he's bow-legged. What's he going to do? <laughs> got rickets no he doesn't, he doesn't have rickets <laughs> like right. get that boy some citrus <laughs> alright so anyway I am like I said I'm going to cover something a lot more in depth that I, I touched on when I did my uh, my episode about independent comic book creators and the one guy I talked about a little bit was Eric Powell who, who created a character called the goon who I really really enjoy that's not shocking. This is not a shocking topic. I'm looking at a goon comic right now. It's right there. So I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I love the goon. The goon. The goon could be huge one day. He's going to be huge. That's what I'm, I'm going to say that. He's going to be huge. And I want to do my part to promote it and also to promote independent creators. And this guy is fiercely independent. And I really respect that. He's, he's been very successful. Uh, he's in San, com- com- San Diego Comic Con right now. Yes, uh, he will be at San Diego Comic Con next week. Because, well, here's the cool thing about the dude, too. So I ordered, he he started a new run of the goon back in March after stepping away from it for a few years to do other comics. He start, And he is independently publishing it. And he sells copies of it out of his own store, out of his house. 
and he'll sign them for you for no extra cost. So you can buy them at cover price with his signature. So I was like, yeah, I'll buy issues one and two of that real quick. Okay. Like, you know, and you get to give the creator the money directly, which is great too. No middleman. That's really cool to me. Kind of like Patreon. All right. Oh, speaking of which, housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Support us. Thanks. Um, and as always, thanks to our current patrons. We still have a $10 patron. <laughs> we love you guys. You guys are the best. That's crazy. All right. So, yeah, the, the goon. All right. The goon character. Let's talk about the goon first. I don't know if I really described the character. So the goon is he's a big brutish dude who uh, he's really ugly. He's got a terrible overbite and buck teeth. And he basically kills zombies and monsters. He's like a mob enforcer, but for himself. And he's also a criminal, too, which is fun. He runs like a criminal empire. Uh, and he uh, it, the whole comic is set in kind of this goofy 1930s era thing. It, it's almost like a Dick Tracy type thing going on. And the yeah, art. See? Yes, a lot of that. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. And uh, his art style is is like Jack Kirby. He's got like an old school art style, but he's an amazing artist. Like you've seen his stuff. You've seen the stuff that he I've showed you pictures. I was like, Eric Powell thinks this is a bad drawing that he did. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing. Right. He he yeah. shits all over his own stuff, his older stuff. And like, good Lord, <laughs> like, OK, I would love for that to be my bad work. <laughs> like, yeah. Me at my worst. OK. Who is that? Or was it? Was it Tom McFarlane's artwork that you showed me where like yeah. the anatomy was so off that it looked like it was like two mannequins put together? It was a, yeah, it was a Spider-Man comic from the, the the late 80s. And he drew he was drawing Mary Jane and she was she was a supermodel for a while in the comics. And he's drawing her posing at a photo shoot and her one leg is just like it just looks detached it and is broken. Not, it's it is bad. not part of her. And that was for Marvel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was that was yeah. a big deal Spider-Man headline character. Uh, but Todd McFarlane isn't really known for his uh anatomy. An no, but he, he's known for his dynamics though. And that's that's what was big in the 90s was just like that really flashy in your face style and it got a lot of people's attention. Uh, you know what got my attention? The fact that <laughs> women aren't shaped like that. <laughs> Her leg, yeah. I was like, well, I don't think that's right. I remember <laughs> right. I came out here, I was like, hey, look at this picture. Tell me what's, if you see anything wrong with this picture. <laughs> and I just watched your face for a reaction. Uh. All right, so the goon, uh, his first appearance was in a, in a in a comic book called Avatar Illustrated back in 1998 on Avatar Press. It was a one-page preview. It's considered a cameo first appearance, kind of like uh, Venom... In Amazing Spider-Man 299, that's considered a cameo, but I have Spider-Man 300, which is considered his full first appearance. So the goon's full first appearance was in The Goon Number 1, published by Avatar Press. That makes sense. Which started in 1999, and that ran for a whopping three issues. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, he wasn't real. I guess it just didn't work out with Avatar Press for whatever reason. So he waited till the rights reverted back to him. So he, he did the three issues, um, got the rights back and then decided, you know what? I'm just going to self-publish like people really didn't know who he was. Good for him. And so in 2002. It, well, he couldn't find another publisher, actually. He did shop it around 
and everybody turned him down. So then he decided, I'm going to self-publish it. Fuck it. I want to do this. Is what I want to do. I don't want to work for somebody else then and doing their characters. I want to do my own character. So he created Albatross Exploding Funny Books was his imprint and put out uh, the goon in 2002. So he started a new run. Good for him. New issue one. And that's where I discovered the goon. I was at JC Comics one day when that came out. And I just I saw the cover. I saw the name. 2002. That's when Logan was born. Yeah. And I flipped through it. And I was like, I don't know. So number ones always grab people's attention, period. You know what I mean? You see a number one, you're like, oh, what's this? <laughs> like, this could be the next big thing. Right. And you never right. know. And that there is a part of it. I, and I have to admit, I hate that about myself. But yeah, if I see a number one, I'm like, okay. <laughs> number one. Right. No, what's this? this could be the next big thing. Right. There is a part of that. Of thing. But it, it, all, it also gets your attention, though, when it's just something you've never seen. You know, if it's, it's a new Spider-Man number one, you don't care. You know that's not going to be a big deal. Right. <laughs> but there You're are like, Spider-Man number guy? ones all the time. Right. But yeah, number ones do get your attention. But the the name, The Goon, just grabbed me. I thought it was great. The, the cover art looked great. What's like, funny is I thought The Goon had been around forever. And it makes sense because we've been married since 2002 as well. <laughs> and it makes sense that I think that. Well, yeah, he's basically been around he's almost been around as long as I have in your life. Right. And, be, and uh, as long as we've been married, the goon's been around. So, yeah, he's been around for a while. So anyway, uh, picked that up. I was like, this is fantastic. This is right up my and it, it reminded me of Hellboy was my first thing looking at it. It reminded me of like a sillier version of Hellboy because it, it, it does have it, it's, it has a very light comedic tone, even though it's it's very, very violent. But it's it's goofy, it's silly, and it's it's like slapsticky, and so I've been a fan ever since then. That ran for four issues, and then Dark Horse Comics, the publisher of Hellboy, amongst some other things, but they're they're pretty big independent comic book publisher. Yeah, approached him and were like, "Hey, we, let's publish this for you." And he said, "Yeah, you turned me down. I brought this to you." And they're like, "We made a mistake." <laughs> so the next year, two thousand three. He started a new line with Dark Horse, and that ended up running for 54 issues. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then he he ended it on his own. He decided he wanted to do. That's when he decided he wanted to do other other comic books. But it, it was it was very successful. Um, he did a comic called Big Man Plans, which was about uh, a little person who goes on a uh, kind of like a Punisher style killing spree, getting revenge on people. And like my favorite thing about that, and that was really dark and brutal and, and disturbing, actually. But he wears a shirt with a clown, on, like a clown on it and uh, with like a noose around its neck. And it says, hang in there. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I want that shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, like I want that. That's a that's a good that's a good thing. So uh, what's the other one? He did another comic called Hillbilly, um, which Eric Powell's based out of Tennessee. So this was about he created this this character who's kind of like a witch killer. I, if I had been paying attention, I would have known this was the topic. <laughs> if you had been paying, well, you asked me, and I said that it's a it's a podcast expense, right? Remember? I yeah. mean, I gave you I gave you a clue. Yeah. And then I told you you're a podcast expense because <laughs> yeah, I, I am a big podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there's the shirt. Oh, oh, just, oh my there's oh the, my god! Isn't that great? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I want that shirt. Um, so yeah. let me get this straight. It's a little person. Yeah. Who's a killer, 
Yes. And his the comic is named Big Man Plans. Yes. It's okay. I think it's has to do with the fact that you know people mock him and call him Big Man and stuff. Like it's he's like this yeah it's a sad book actually. I was like this sounds terrible. It is, <laughs> but like not in a not like it, it's written poorly. Just it's it's you know it's not meant to be pleasant. Let me see if I can find a Why picture. Why would you read that? <laughs> like I try to limit. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. That's drawn so well. Yeah, he's he's an amazing artist. He's fucking oh. amazing. That was Eric Powell. E-R-I-C-P-O-W-E-L-L. That's drawn so well. He's an amazing, and he paints, too. He paints his covers and stuff, and they look amazing. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, he went off, did, did some different stuff, uh, and then he ended up getting back to the goon just earlier this year. And, again, he's self-publishing, though. He's not doing it with Dark Horse. And he's he's on issue three, just came out. And uh, he's doing. He, he's actually collaborating on the writing with other people now to get um, some different stuff. But the the one thing I really love about creator owned stuff is that you always get the the true vision of the character. You know, like uh, Punisher, Spider Man, all those characters, Venom. There's always these really great arcs, like with the Punisher with Garth Ennis, and then there's these other arcs that are just fucking awful because it's different writers. Yeah. There's a, like there's been a Punisher where. Uh, series called Frankencastle where he got killed and reanimated as like a Frankenstein. No, I got it. Yeah. I got it from the name. <laughs> yeah. And they do stuff like that. There was the... I got it from the, the name. series where he was like was an avenging angel. He was like almost like an undead thing that came back to kill people. There was the, the series back in the 90s where he he uh, so turned I'm, black to hide his identity. Okay. That that's <laughs> problematic. That wouldn't, that wouldn't really fly today. But yeah, so, that's what I mean though. You get... You don't get... And I'm not saying that creators always all their stories are amazing. You know, I'm not there. But even if they aren't, and I'm not even saying the, the goon stories are They get better and better over time. But like, yeah, they give a better chance of them being good because it's their character. And they right. know it inside and out. Right. So here's a question, though. Can you write? Can you be a comic book writer and not be a comic book artist? Yeah. So you can just be the person who writes the stories. Oh yeah, that's very common. Yeah, most most people do one or the other. Most times there's a writer, and and a penciler, or an artist. There's a writer and an artist, but some people, he does both. Uh, some people do both, and then like some people are really tear. Like Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool and Cable, he does art and 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 he writes too. And it, his written stuff is worse than his drawing. It's and like, his drawing's not good. No, he's like he's. That's my that's my so thing with Rob Life. I really why, like Deadpool a, and Cable, but like when I look at his drawings, especially about he's gotten a lot better over time. Like that's that's his version of Deadpool right there. That's newer though. Uh, but I don't like his style. Sean has bought these half. They're short boxes. The They're short called short boxes. boxes. They're like half the size of the the big boxes. Those are called long boxes. They're very aptly named. (laughs) Short boxes, long boxes. And it has Deadpool on it. And it's cool, though, because the the lid is a continuation of the box. Yeah, it's got artwork. And there's a Venom one, Mark Bagley Venom. Uh, Are you going to... What are you doing, Crawley? Sort your life out. Anyway, but I'm always... like I, I love Deadpool so much, but then Rob Liefeld... And I follow him on social media, and he just seems like such a dick all the time. <laughs> like, he's so full of himself. 
It's just it, it's upsetting. And I want to like the guy, but he always talks about I have the, I had the best selling book, blah, 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 of all time, this and that. It's like that was 30 years ago, dude. You know, it's, it, it didn't, he didn't even have that. He had the second best selling book. X-Men came. He had X-Force number one was like is still like the you, second. Would best-selling you even book. want to be around someone who has that kind of energy? No, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, I, I want to like that because I like what he's created. But at the same time, it's like, man, he just seems like a dick. Yeah, I, 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 it's weird. I, and I don't really, I don't want to hang out with someone like that. Like, I, don't I don't really get that kind of stuff from any of the other creators I follow. They're a lot more humble about what they do, whereas he, he's always engaging with people talking about his sales and this and that. And the majority of the characters he created are fucking terrible. No, nobody talks about that. Shatterstar. Yeah. You know, and all that. You know what I mean? Like the majority of this stuff is, is not great. But yes, yeah, so to me, even though he created Deadpool, Deadpool wasn't. Like Deadpool, as we know him, wasn't really Deadpool until Joe Kelly started writing him. And that was Joe Kelly on on uh, writing duties and then Ed McGinnis on art. And his his art's way better than Rob Liefeld. But to me, that was the birth of Deadpool. The two miniseries before that, I bought them because I, I liked the look of the character, but the, it was never wasn't well written. And then the, when Joe Kelly came on in like the like 97, I was like, holy shit, this is a great character all of a sudden. And then again, like I was saying, though, you get different writers in there. You get the Daniel Way guy in there who just takes Deadpool down to the dregs. Just yeah. fucking terrible writer. Um, all right. So back to what I was saying. We haven't even done my topic yet. And our, <laughs> our podcast is almost over. All right. Uh, and I, I, I was just I was going to go into the goons background. I have seven pages. of notes. this is from like a goon wiki here. Uh, the goon is a uh, he's an orphan. His aunt Kizzy took care of him. She was a she's part of a traveling circus. She oh. was like a strong woman in a traveling circus. This is old timey. Yeah. And uh, so he worked at the circus. Everybody liked him. His Aunt Kizzy loved him, you know. And, you know, she would, she taught him how to fight and everything. Well, yeah, she's the strong woman. So this, uh, then this famous criminal named Labrazio shows up at the, cir- at the circus to hide because people are after him. Yeah, like you do, you hide at the circus in the 30s. Well, yeah, we kind of, you know, yeah. I don't know. No, <laughs> That's like, what you do yeah, in the 30s, see? right? But again, this isn't realistic. It's a goofy, you know, there's monsters that talk and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really silly. So anyway, he shows up and the goon goes to talk to him just because he's curious. And the Labrazio kind of takes a liking to him and, and starts telling him that he's like, oh, yeah, I, I got this this book right here. This has the names of everybody who owes me money in here. Or, and uh, so anyway, uh, police show up and to arrest Labrazio and the goon runs out there. I don't remember how it actually went down. But anyway, the point is the police show up. The goon's out there. The police are shooting. She runs in front to protect the goon. Who's she? Uh, Aunt Kizzy. And she ends up getting killed. Oh. And Labrazio's like, says something like stupid broad or something. And the goon, who's like 12 years old, loses his shit and takes a brick and just bludgeons Labrazio to death. And then takes his book and his hat and uh, goes on to be like, basically, he tells everybody... That he's uh he works for Labrazio. He's like his his enforcer, but they don't they don't know Labrazio's dead. So he ends up taking over all Labrazio's uh, territory, and at it's, twelve. Well, and there's there's time in between there. Not, I don't know about <laughs> twelve that. years old. He's like he's like yeah, I'm the new mob boss. So see, but but he gets all this respect and everything, and then he has a sidekick named Frankie, whom I fucking love. How do you get a sidekick at twelve? He didn't get a sidekick as well. This is all adult stuff. All right, he's an adult now. Um, just got a sidekick named named Frankie, and uh, he's six. He had a uh, slightly abusive and deranged mother, 
And you just get mocked and picked on by kids. He's a short little guy with kind of a peanut head. And, Is that um, why you related to him? <laughs> he's just a great character. I don't have a peanut head. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I have a peanut head. <laughs> uh, but he met he met the uh, goon when he was younger, and uh, the goon protected him, and they they became uh they became good friends. Um, so later on, they both and they both got cornered by some zombies that came into town. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, those traveling zombies. <laughs> and Frankie realized he hits a zombie with an axe, despite being terrified of him. And at that very moment, he realizes he loves violence and killing zombies. So then he ends up going crazy, and he is he's like super violent little dude after that point. And like he has a catchphrase which i love and he'll just be talking to someone and then he'll be like knife to the eye and he'll stab him in the eye <laughs> yeah it's fucking great <laughs> little frankie knife to the eye <laughs> it's, it's a funny fucking comic man but yeah the zombies show up because the zombie priest comes into town oh Zom yeah the zombie priest creates an army of the undead yeah that's what they do and there, there's all kinds of like crazy it's like it's like the night king they call <laughs> them slack jaws so, and like there's a talking spider that the goon beats up severely because he owes him five dollars. It's like it's ridiculous. It's just fun. It's good times. Talking spider and Harry Potter. Why don't you like Harry Potter? Does he hang out at Norton's pub? Well, Does he, he just hang out and drink beers with the guys in yeah. Norton's pub? It's, it reminds me. Of, no, this kind of makes sense, too, because Eric Powell and Brendan Small of Metalocalypse have collaborated. A lot of it reminds me of Metalocalypse because these characters that you think are dead they look like they just got the you know the ever loving shit kicked out of them one issue they pop back up later <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. which happens a lot of metalocalypse they're all stitched back together or whatever so back together wrong because it's a comic book and why not so and there's tons of different creatures you know there's a skunk ape oh um <laughs> the communist gross. airborne mollusk militia uh the giant squid uh the the chug heads uh and then oh he did a book called satan's sodomy baby uh, which was a goon book that they never collected because it was it was supposedly just uh, super, super offensive. And then he got he caught the attention of David Fincher and Tim Miller. Do you know who David Fincher is? Yeah. OK, so he directed some movies. He's known probably his biggest hit would be seven. He also did Fight Club. He did that Zodiac movie. He did Alien 3. He's done a bunch of other stuff. I think he did that first girl in the Dragon Tattoo movie. Um very well-known director, but he read the comic. It's not a girl in the dragon tattoo. She's yeah, not sitting girl in the dragon the tattoo. <laughs> the, the girl, She's not just hanging out in, the, in a dragon tattoo. The girl in the dragon's nest, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, <laughs> uh, David Fincher Fitch. found the goon and want, wanted to make a movie out of it. And uh, he brought Tim Miller on board. Now, we know who Tim Miller is now, but at the time, this was years ago, uh, we didn't know Tim Miller directed Deadpool one and now he's directing the new Terminator movie that comes out later this year. But Tim Miller runs Blur Studio. Blur Studio does tons of computer animated uh, cinematic stuff. They're in a lot of video games, Star Wars games, Batman games. Uh, they, they do stuff for movies. So they got together to make an animated version of The Goon. But they, ha they still haven't found studio financing. It's been years, but they did create a reel and they created like a... Uh, Proof of concept, kind of like the Deadpool video that they did. Mm -hmm. um, and then they made an actual like almost like a trailer with Paul Giamatti doing Frankie's voice, which is perfect. And uh, he's still alive. Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. We just saw him, didn't we? What did we see? Him did on? we? No, we didn't. <laughs> I don't know. What we, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Paul Giamatti does Frankie and uh, Clancy Brown does the goons voice. Oh, yeah. 
Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Krabs does the goon's voice, and it, it's it's a and you can find it on YouTube. You can literally just look up the goon trailer uh, or the goon or whatever if, if you're interested. I think it'd make a fantastic like PG thirteen or R rated movie. Uh, but anyway, the goon is available in comic shops. It is not available digitally right now. Well, actually, that's not true. The newer issues are available digitally. But look for the goon. You can get trade paperbacks and omnibuses. You can get back issues. You I don't can, want an omnibus. You can go. He's. Uh, I don't know what that means. An omnibus is like a big collection. It's like a, a bunch of trade paperbacks in one book, basically. It's an omnibus. It's big. It's, you know. Well, omni is one. Yeah. So it's, a big, it's a big collection. It's something you drive. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that. You can drive the book around <laughs> it's while a, you read it. It's one bus. <laughs> it's just one get, bus. <laughs> one little bus. And you can go to Albatross Funny Books is the website. He has a store on there. You can order directly from him. You can go to your local comic shop and support them. Ask for the goon. Uh, but I, I just want to support independent creators because that's, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're doing. And Everything I think I he's, he's one of the he's one of the most talented player. guys in comic books. But because he's not doing Marvel and DC stuff because he doesn't want to, you don't really hear him. He doesn't have the promotional budget of those of the Warner Brothers and Disney backed comic book studios. Correct. But it uh, fantastic stuff. The Goon. Check it out. That's it. I will not. <laughs> I'll read it to you tonight. I was going to say, we have so much in our house, I don't need to check it out. It's already <laughs> here. But everyone else should. All right, my turn, because we're an hour in. Let's so, do this. So my turn now. Let's, do, let's go. Okay. That's what you get for letting me go first. You know, I'm going to go. I get involved in my topic. So I have a true crime, but it's not a murder. All right. It's another one of those like, fun crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So listen to this story. So, this crime, this is about a wrongfully accused person, which I always hate, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So in the summer of 2016, Michelle Hadley had arrived home from a date. She parked in her quiet cul-de-sac in Ontario, California, and she found police officers waiting. Mm-hmm. So... In her driveway, she said that they told her they had a warrant to search her phone, her tablet, and her laptop. Mm. And not long after that she handed her device over, she was in handcuffs, sitting in the back of an unmarked cop car on her way to Anaheim Detention Facility. Okay. When she arrived at jail, her first question was, is there coffee? In her jail cell, the 29-year-old grad student was freezing, still wearing her short, sleeveless black dress that she had worn on her date. Okay. She stood out like a sore thumb. She it would have been like if I got arrested, like she was like a normal <laughs> right. human person. Like <laughs> she wasn't like some meth head. Right. All her she's teeth not a criminal. And like, her fucking Billy Ray not, Cyrus shirt inside right. out. So as she's in her cell shivering, she believed that the police would soon realize their mistake. But soon, you know, soon they would see that someone else had committed these litany of assorted sex crimes that she had been accused of. Okay. So Anaheim police said the target of Michelle's crimes was a woman named Angela Diaz. Angela had recently married Michelle's former fiance, Ian Diaz, a U.S. Marshal. 
Michelle and Ian had broken up just months earlier, but they were still tied together by a condo that they both owned in Anaheim. Michelle and Ian fought over the condo via email. In September 2015, Michelle sent Ian a an email laced with biblical language. Please explain. This is a quote. Please explain to your real estate attorney that God's law is above all laws, including the law of man. You may, you may try to hide it behind your law, but it is weak, a weak shield that will bend and crack against the law of, or the sword of God. So they both hired attorneys and it was a tense time for the former couple. But in May of 2016, Ian's new wife, Angela, who had recently announced she was pregnant, began receiving receiving emails, too, that were threatening and mean. At first, they were sent anonymously, but then they appeared to be sent from Michelle because they were also using religiously-themed languages. Okay. So here are a few. On May 29th, I hope you're scared to death tomorrow. Be prepared. Don't sleep. We will steal your child and watch as it dies. You are a piece of shit, and I hope to God you burn for what you have done to us. Hmm. On May 31st. You deserve nothing but a tortured, lonely life. I have I have ways to hurt you. There is no place for you to be safe anymore. June 1st. You might be beautiful. You might be the one he married, but you are still a sinner and you must be punished. I will make sure you are reminded of your place by force. June 2nd. I know you are leaving work. I watch it as you walk. Let's play a game. So at this point, Angela filed for a restraining order against Michelle. A judge granted it and ordered Michelle to stop contacting Angela. But the emails continued and became even more threatening. So on June 6th, she sent one that said, you will pay for this. I hope to God you are ready for the pain I will show you. And then... Burn in the fiery pits of hell tonight. By God's law, you will be hurt. Two weeks later, police arrested Michelle for violating the restraining order and her parents bailed her out. This carried on for weeks, all appearing to be sent from different emailing address, email addresses belonging to Michelle Hadley. Some included photos of women beaten with black eyes or groped by men in masks, masks or naked and strangled. Jesus. Around the same time, someone was responding to Craigslist rape fantasy ads. Okay. Men looking for violent sexual encounters. How do you find these stories? Like, where <laughs> is there a Reddit? <laughs> like, I don't understand. What this you... was a Dateline episode. Okay. What Did you watch spo- this? No, I was looking at Dateline episodes for topics. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> One response to an ad was, I'm dying for this kind of fantasy to come true. Pull me down, choke me, and bruise me, and have your way with me. The address was the Anaheim condo where Ian and Angela are they, are now live. Are these legit? Are there people out there that are like, they want rape fantasy, and they're like, like, that's chicks, like but chicks, not dudes. I mean, are there chicks out I there? I don't know, but that's a, that's, whoever responded was responding as Angela. Okay. But they're saying it was Michelle that was responding as Angela to set Angela up. Oh, okay. That's what's happening here. Okay. So on June 24th, Angela called 911 to report she had been ambushed in her garage by one of these men. Hmm. Yeah, that's a problem because she was pregnant. Yeah. That's when the Anaheim police stepped in and Michelle was arrested. The arrest from earlier. Yeah. 
So days turned into weeks, weeks into month, and Michelle adjusted to the sounds of jails. She was up at 4.30 and she had instant coffee. Her parents could either bail her out or spend their money on a defense attorney. They gambled with an attorney. Together, they studied the timings of the mail, of the emails. They became experts on computer forensics. And they came to the shocking realization that Michelle was being framed. Finally. Jesus. Police and prosecutors came to the same conclusion. So on January 9th, 2017. And I assume also the whole time she's like, look. I'm being framed. <laughs> like, well, you know yeah, I mean? she knew she was being framed, right. but it was they had to prove it. Wow. And in the email age, That's it's easier man. to prove it. But wait, there's a lot more to the story. So once we get to the to her being framed, we'll backtrack, figure out who did it. And then I'll tell you the rest of the story. So on January 9th, 2017, District Attorney Tony Rakakis um, called a press conference. When someone who is innocent gets arrested and charged with a cr- with some crime, that's not just a bad day, it's a nightmare. Ms. Hadley is an innocent victim of a diabolical scheme. Charges against Ms. Michelle were dismissed that day. This is, so this is Michelle. She said, this has been a huge nightmare for me, probably the most traumatic experience of my life. So what happened, right? Yeah. According to Michelle, it has everything to do with how law enfor- her law, law enforcement acts because Ian Diaz, her ex, is a U.S. Marshal. Oh. I told I said that earlier. Treated her. So I was it, probably messaging Mason to quiet down at oh, that okay. point. So it has everything to do with how her ex treated her combined with how women are viewed in the courtroom. So the case made more sense if Michelle was was a femme fatale rather than a victim. When when she told police that she was being framed by Diaz, she said that they didn't take her seriously. When she told detectives that her relationship with Diaz was abusive, they asked her why she didn't report it earlier. Uh, They always say that. In one interview with police, she recalled being surprised about how many questions that they had about her sex life. Jesus Christ. Until Ian Diaz came into her life in 2003, she had only been in one relationship with her high school sweetheart that she married at 22. Four years later, not after her, not long after her divorce, she met Diaz on a dating site. And by spring of 2014, they had moved in together. So his controlling na- nature emerged early on, and he had wanted her to adopt a sexier look, nagging her to start wearing crop tops, acrylic nails piercing her belly button and pressured her to take a $20,000 pay cut to leave her job for a marketing position at Disneyland where he had formerly worked believing she believed that this was because his ex-colleagues worked there and they could keep an eye on her wow looking back she sees the red flags but she still went along with what Diaz wanted she wanted to make him happy afraid he'd leave if she didn't A detective would later confirm in court that Diaz spied on Hadley's computer and online activity throughout all of this time. She believed that he was tracking her car, too. Suspicions fueled by Diaz are allegedly calling her every time she drove a few miles outside of the zone of her home, work or school. She was taking class to obtain her MBA. This dude sounds real secure in himself. Yep. (laughs) Still, Hadley said yes. When Diaz proposed with a big halo diamond ring in December of 2014. A halo diamond ring? Haloed. It's a it's a cut. Oh. Well, actually, it's a thing around. I'm sorry. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so 
for months, Hadley said Diaz had been asking her to have sex with other men while he watched. Hmm. She declined repeated, uh, repeatedly and eventually threatened to break up with him if he continued. He told her she was overreacting. I never got that thing. That's never a thing. It's <laughs> never a thing I've been into. <laughs> we all have our fantasies, but uh, that's not one of them. That's not even... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that. <laughs> You're like that's not. I don't, I don't that's think not about desirable. That. He told her she was overreacting and kept asking. Diaz's fantasies were later discussed in court, but one Valentine's Day, Hadley gave in, worn down by taking over-the-counter cold medicine and a few shots of Fireball. He filmed That'll do her, it. He filmed her having sex with another man, a stranger whom Hadley believed Diaz solicited from Craigslist. Jesus. And the next morning, she was sick with regret, she recalled, begging Diaz to destroy the tape. Hadley told her, or I'm sorry, Diaz told her, no one put a gun to your head. Wow. Nice guy, Hadley said, reaching for a tissue to dry her eyes. Real nice Valentine's Day. In the summer of 2015, the couple moved to a brand new two-story condo in downtown Anaheim. Hadley came up with the down payment, and they took out a mortgage together. But after they bought the property, the relationship turned toxic, paranoid, and from her perspective, physically frightening. She recalled Diaz once pulling over the SUV on the freeway and telling her to get out, which she did not. Later, when she tried to leave him, he threw her down on the bed, holding her as she tried to claw away, screaming, and Hadley um, cites angry tirades for hours on end. One day, she emailed her sister in New York, detailing what was going on and asking for a crazy check it dawned on me something's wrong with this situation i'm not crazy at the end of that summer that's is that a crazy check what is it is that what you said yeah she asked that you call people and say hey am i crazy <laughs> is that what that means am i crazy is this situation crazy like okay when you're too close to it you need I just to never heard out. that term before so well it was huh, i need one of those when i when i was doing pest control <laughs> like is this is this crazy? Uh, am <laughs> like, I supposed to be working 16 hours a day? Is this, is this normal? Getting a tooth pulled and going back to work. At the end of the summer, Hadley and Diaz broke up. He took the engagement ring back, accused her of cheating on him. And she <laughs> she's like, yeah, you taped it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you were you were there. That was, that was your fault. <laughs> yeah, you got the guy off Craigslist. Um, you fit as many of her. She fit as many of her possessions into the Volkswagen Jetta as she could. And she drove away. She moved the move freed Hadley physically, but marked the beginning of a year long battle over the condo where Diaz remained while Hadley still paid half the mortgage. Their attempts over email to come to a financial agreement over the condo became increasingly bitter. At the most enraged point, Hadley said she, she nearly blacked out, letting loose some of the fire and brimstone language that she now attributes to a byproduct of Diaz's alleged abuse. Did she use a bad word? No, it was it was all that nonsense before with the, oh the, about the gods yeah God's law or whatever yeah you're in your body but your mind is somewhere else she said in an email on September 10th of 2015 it read your sins are many including defiling me and my family with your wicked and sexual acts your financial co coercion and your irresponsibility your gluttony your greed your lust your sloth your wrath your envy and most of all your pride. And I will bring the full force of the law and the word of God against full, you. Full force. Full force. Did I say fourth? <laughs> he said full force. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought he said. I know what you meant, but I, I had to correct that one because it just sounded well, silly. Well, see, when uh, 
your sloth and full force are yeah. like right above each other. So right. I kind of read both words. So what Hadley didn't know is that during their especially heated online exchange in mid-September that Diaz had reported her annoying emails, including her Bible invoking diatribe and the fact that she had been banned from Chapman. He'd been banned from Chapman. Oh, sorry. To the um, Anaheim Police Department, though a judge would dismiss Ch it. Chapman. Chapman. That's her school. Oh. So she had I, I skipped. I didn't put that in here. She had she had him banned from her school because he was following her. Oh, OK. Although a judge would dismiss it, he also applied for a restraining order, citing his ex's emotional instability and history of fits of rage. So now Hadley's on a, a law enforcement's radar. In January of 2016, authorities met or authorities said Diaz met a woman named Angela Cottle online. A month later, they were married. Oh. Angela, who was pregnant, moved into the Anaheim condo with him. Hadley didn't know any of this. She was starting over. She was running a small apartment near her school and she furnished it on a shoestring budget. And she saw Angela's name for the first time on some financial paperwork as Diaz's deadline to assume the mortgage to the condo neared. A week, a few weeks later, on June 6th, she saw it again, this time on a restraining order Angela had taken out against her. Hmm. Hadley was stunned. She'd never met the woman and until a court hearing related to the order on June 17th. She had no evidence or documentation of what the complaint, you know, the complaints of the of her ex's new wife was even making. Walking into the courtroom that day with her dad and the property attorney, Hadley saw the Diaz's surrounded by their friends and relatives giggling so, at her. So this has to be the Diaz guy doing this stuff, right? So Angela strode over confidently and handed her a stack of papers, printouts with the threatening emails. Here you go, Angela said, speaking to Hadley in person for the first and only time. Tracing emails back to their origin is pretty straightforward, right? So yeah. it's tied to an IP address and they get it from Google or Microsoft, depending on where it's run through. Yeah. So by the end of May 2016, a week or so before Angela filed her restraining order, Hadley sensed something strange was going on with her accounts because she got an email from Google informing her that a Gmail address she had never started had been shut down. Hmm. Later, from Microsoft, she received automated messages alerting her that her prime primary email was now being used as a recovery contact for a handful of new Outlook email addresses. Hmm. It seemed like someone was creating new accounts and trying to tie them to her. So on June 13th, one of those accounts linked to someone with the name Lilith Hadley replied to a Craigslist ad seeking women interested in rape fantasies in Orange County. If you're free tonight, come find me, wrote, wrote Lilith, providing Angela and Ian's address. Wow. Force me into my house and take me down. Jesus. On June 21st, a few days after her courtroom face off, Hadley got an email from Craigslist asking her to verify if she'd created a new ad titled Gang Rape Fantasy. <laughs> According to her lawsuit, she mailed abuse at craigslist.org about the fake ads, but she never heard back. Three days later, Angela called 911 to report that a man tried to rape her in the garage of her condo. Police found her crying and with a red neck and ripped shirt. And a few hours later, as, as Hadley returned from her date, a nice date too, she said, 
she was arrested. Hmm. Before her first arrest, she had phoned Anaheim police four times to tell them about her suspicions that someone, Ian Diaz, she guessed, was impersonating her online. Okay. She, She contacted the FBI and the Department of Justice, too, explaining that that her ex was trying to scare her into signing over their shared property. Nobody nobody returned her messages or her calls. Everything always has to, like, why does it have to get so bad before somebody will do something? It appears Anaheim police failed thoroughly. And that's exactly why women don't report stuff, though, too. You know what I mean? Like, it has to escalate to a point, and then when they, even when they do then, they're still questioned about whether or not they... It, it's true. It's like, what the hell? So surveillance cameras at the entrance of the Anaheim condo's garage showed no activity during the time Angela claimed to have been attacked. Oh, okay. And IP addresses showed that the emails received by Angela were sent from her and Ian's condos. Emails that... <laughs> so maybe were, Angela did it? E- emails that were alleged alleged to have been sent by Hadley at times that she had no access to her accounts or devices devices because they had been seized by police between her two arrests she never did get her laptop phone or tablet back holy shit this is not some sophisticated cyber crime the lawsuit says describing the diaz's attempt to impersonate hadley as sloppy and easily spotted what appears to interest police more than the unnerving emails with all their biblical revenge is the the is the fact that early that the months that they split in all of the sex crimes, Hadley believed whoever was sending the messages had possession of the original emails and was just trying to mimic her voice. In jail, because she faced sex crimes, Hadley was branded as the worst type of inmate on, on the block, an R3 or a Romeo. Mm. She was strip searched, confined to her cell 23 hours a day and denied access at various times to toilet paper, sanitary products, and contact lenses. Jesus Christ. On the outside, Hadley's parents were trying to gather evidence to show she couldn't have been online at the moment some of these harassing emails and Craigslist messages were sent. It wasn't difficult. They pulled her school records to show she'd been in class, her medical records, when she'd been hospitalized briefly or indisposed at any of the times when she was suspected of menacing Angela. If any of this evidence would help sway prosecutors to drop charges, Hadley will never know because when she was released, it, it was actually because of Ian Diaz. On September 30th, 2016, he arranged to speak with Anaheim police, detect, uh, the detective assigned to the case. Diaz told the detective that he believed his wife framed Hadley. Oh. The lies he attributed to Angela did not end there. Diaz told police police that a miscarriage Angela claimed to have suffered in the spring of 2016 as a result of Hadley's torture was no such thing. It was an abortion that he had encouraged her to have, allegedly because he wasn't she wasn't sure who fathered the baby. Oh, her next pregnancy was also a lot a lie. Diaz said she'd brought sonogram photos home that she located online and doctored a home pregnancy test to fool him <laughs> wow. when he learned the truth they separated authorities would later say angela faked checks jobs doctor's notes and cancer 
A week after Diaz came forward, Hadley said Richard Zimmer, an Orange County deputy district attorney, reached through cell bars to shake her hand and apologize. She was released while investigators shifted their attention to Angela. Even after that handshake, it took three months for officials to publicly publicly exonerate Hadley. During that time, she had the district attorney's office instruct her not to speak publicly about her volatile relationship with Diaz, even though news of the crime had gone national, covered by People magazine, The Washington Post, and multiple stories on The Daily Beast, and eventually Dateline. The goal of the Anaheim Police Department, Hadley's lawsuit says, became to cover up its own complicity in a wicked scheme. Right. That's all they care about. They don't want to look, oh, they they got duped. Yep. On January 6, 2017, Angela was arrested. And three days later, Hadley was exonerated by the Orange County District Attorney's Office. Going public with the case, prosecutors portrayed Angela's capture as the result of a painstaking cybercrime investigative work, which ultimately revealed threatening emails came from Hadley's IP. Not did not come from Hadley's IP, but the IP of the Anaheim condo, Angela's father's home, and Angela's cell phone. Wow. The DA's office referred to the two women by their names, not Ian Diaz, though. The evidence we currently have does not show involvement by John Doe, the district attorney said, giving Diaz the Doe moniker typically reserved for crime victims. Nice. After exposing... Meanwhile... Yeah, (laughs) they just dragged this woman through the mud. Right. After exposing his wife to police, Diaz was never questioned again. Hadley's lawsuit alleges um, when... An Anaheim detective asked Diaz to turn over the phone he'd used at the time of the fake emails. Diaz replied that he was he had given it to his mom. Mm. That phone was never retrieved. The detective later testified. <sighs> Angela's criminal defense attorney, Allison Margolin, did not speak to BuzzFeed News for the story. But at, before Angela's conviction, Margolin suggested that the plot wasn't an Angela only scenario. The failure to investigate adequately the role of Ian Diaz is a serious concern, she told Dateline. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a fucked up story. Dude, I... I just wanted to share a fucked up crime story, but nobody's dead. Wrongfully accused stuff pisses me off uh, because uh, you can literally do nothing wrong. Yep. And somebody can just fuck up your life. Big time. Oh. She had a 15-month gap of unemployment. Like, did you see The Fugitive that? with Harrison Ford? Yeah. See what happens? Yeah. It's bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, he should have endorsed that drug. And then the, all <laughs> yeah. of that wouldn't have happened. Oh, yeah, I, I hate that stuff, though. Like, but man, that's that's upsetting. Yeah, all because she broke up with that dude, and then he went and found some bitch online. And bitches Clearly. online be crazy. Yeah. Like, she was a Craigslist find, I'm guessing. Real piece of work, if all that stuff is true about her. Well, I'm I'm 100% sure it is. Like, those emails are I just don't, I don't know that Ian is 100%. No, uh, I don't think he was either. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't don't know if he's 100% clean. But that's, uh, you know, it's all alleged. But, yeah. (sighs) That would, man. Could you imagine that just being in jail for months and months for shit that you're like, I don't even understand. And all because they didn't fucking check an IP address. All and... You're marked as a sex crime, so, like, you have your period and you're just bleeding because you're being denied sanitary napkins. Oh, my God. 
You're being denied fucking tampons. You're being denied toilet paper. Like, that's... How infuriating is that? Because you're marked as a high-level sex offender. That's insane. When you've never done anything wrong. Right. Just trying to live your life. Like, you're Move literally... Move past all the bullshit you went through. You're literally like a, like a Disney employee who's now lost their job because you've been arrested. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and you're a grad student. Like, you're just well, living your life. I hope they end up paying her a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, oh, Angela got five years, by the way. That's all she got. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Angela Diaz just got five years for all that nonsense. Man. Yeah, that's that. But yeah, that, uh, that's, that's why when you started talking about, like, cops and the Punisher, I was like, oh, I have a law enforcement story. See, I don't want to... I want to take either kind of side when it comes to because okay, here, here, here's how I feel. I mean, cops are necessary, right? Yeah. The idea of cops is necessary. What they're supposed to be doing is necessary. However, in all of my almost 43 years, I've never had like a good interaction with a cop. I'm typically they're either taking my money, sometimes under false pretenses. Right. Wrongfully accusing you of things, things right. we didn't do, showing up at our house saying, hey. You did this? You, no. You guys did this. We don't even know what you're fucking talking about. You fucking... We weren't even there. I, and again, though, I, I understand that, that they can be helpful. There's, you know, they're not all bad people or anything like that. I worked with a bunch of cops in Akron when I when I worked at Taco Bell. And the, most of those guys were cool, except for the one who was a sex offender who got arrested. Um, <laughs> and because he was soliciting oral sex from, from dudes he was arresting. Oh. Yeah. And he ended up, yeah, I read about that. That oh, was in the paper and everything. I yeah. don't know. I never liked that guy. Nobody liked that guy. Yeah, those were correct vibes. Yeah. He reading. was. He would always pull out, do you know what an asp is? <laughs> an asp, like it's a weapon. It's like a baton, but it retracts. Oh, no. So, you know, you like I, I do, it out I real do fast. Know, I do know what it is, like I, but I don't know. He that, used to fuck with was... me all the time with that thing. Like he wouldn't hit, but he'd like pull it out all the time. And, uh. Yeah, he was a real creep. And it was he is the one white cop that we worked with and he he was the worst guy. <laughs> it's like way, way to represent white cops, Azar. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. I all, the guy always he would come back when I was washing dishes at I was a teenager, you know? I'm washing dishes at Taco Bell and he would come back and like fuck with me. And I didn't even know he was like flirting with me. Yeah. It was it was very his version of, of flirting, yeah. He'd always talk about his cabin where he would go and oh yeah oh oh that's Twin Peaks yeah oh he's he's like bite he, the like, bullet he was baby like short he had like no oh, neck he was oh, like he, he looked like a fucking creep oh, everything about the dude was fucking oh, off <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was he was, he was oh, a fucking piece of shit but yeah that was a big sting operation it was in the paper. Uh, and uh, yeah, he would. I guess, he drove the paddy wagon. He would always brag about driving the paddy wagon, and he would. He would. He would show up with the paddy wagon to arrest people, and I guess then he would take a little detour, be like, "You suck my dick, I'll let you off," kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Never fucking liked that guy. Never had any issue with any of the other cops I worked with. They were all cool so as shit. I'd be so afraid that someone would bite my dick off if you're like forcing oral sex on somebody. Right. 
That, that's always like that's what I never understood. That's it's why, like, like, like I would be so afraid. <sighs> like you can't force that kind. Like look, that's just teeth my in thinking. There. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. There's like, no. No, I, I, I thought of that too. Like when you force someone to give you head, it's like, man, you're really putting the world in their hands right there. Yeah, like, you know? Okay, but also like they're gonna they're gonna bite your fucking dick off. Yeah. Okay, here you go. Oof. Like, okay. You're gonna fucking bite it off, chew it up, throw it out. Like that's that's how. But I, that's what you want. And then like I, then you're gonna get in trouble. Like you're the, <laughs> you're the problem now. <laughs> I mean, you were the problem to begin with, but you're really going to be the problem now. All right. Well, Give me back my dick. <laughs> like, can't <laughs> Spit it out. You know, like, like when you chase your dog around the house. <laughs> Give it here. That? Come on. <laughs> what do you got in your mouth? <laughs> I know what you got in your mouth. Though. Drop it. <laughs> I said drop it. All right. That's, uh, I think we've we've done a long enough podcast. That's gross. <laughs> That's so gross. I said drop it. Uh, less than 12 hours from now, I'm going to be... I'm Give me back my dog! Fucking pre-admission testing. Oh, so much dread. Yeah. I just have dread because I have to go to work. I have that Sunday night dread that everybody has. We, always, we, we like... Put off podcasting because Sean was like, I just don't want to do it early. So. I didn't want to do it early. I was in, I was reading comics. I was enjoying my Sunday. I was like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to rush and get this done. So we put it off so long that now it's night, night, night time, like almost 10 p.m. And now I have to get this podcast up scheduled because it goes live in two hours. <laughs> All right, well, we're out. Thanks for listening. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>